The first reading this morning comes from Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring fountains of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of, from the house of slavery. And I sent, you, sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. The word of God. Y'all can see me okay? Whew. I turned the brights on. <laughs> Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then Jesus began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecu persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil 
against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God. Last week, if you had joined us, we heard Jesus calling new disciples. And they dropped their nets, and they left their families, and they disrupted their lives to follow Jesus. And this morning, we learn exactly what Jesus means by fishing for men. And we realize that Jesus is not done disrupting the lives of the disciples or the hearers of this message. With these infamous blessings, we hear Jesus tell those who are poor in spirit, those easily imposed upon, those who are mourning, that they are blessed. And when we hear this passage, referred to as the Beatitudes, we imagine that Jesus is telling this group of hearers that they are holy. But the word blessed in this text doesn't mean holy, nor does it mean happy as to be in a good mood. The word blessed refers to a fortunate state. Quite a statement to folks whose present circumstances seem so unfortunate. These first century Galilean peasants who would have been listening to Jesus are not the ones we would imagine walking around wearing t-shirts that say, blessed and highly favored. And yet Jesus is proclaiming these radical announcements. And given that most of us here today live with more privilege than not, and given the distance in context and centuries, I don't know that we can fully grasp and understand how revolutionary Jesus' words are in this passage. Because to Jesus' listeners, they would have come across as confusing and jaw-dropping. They would have stirred the crowd with murmurings of people questioning under their breath about false promises and flippant assurances. So to help us out, I took the liberty to re rewrite a few Beatitudes 
for our 21st century. Blessed, blessed is the earth, for it is now protected. Blessed are the sick, for they will get paid sick days. Blessed are those with student loans, for they will get a reprieve. Blessed are those with high health care premiums that don't actually cover anything and still have us deciding between prescription drugs and putting food on the table, for they will receive full health care coverage. Blessed are you seeking refuge in the United States, for you will receive hospitality. Blessed are the veterans who have risked their lives and come home with PTSD, for you will receive access to the mental health resources that you need. And blessed are you who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, or queer, for you are perfect just as you are, a beloved child of God, and you will receive equal rights and protection under the law. And blessed are you. Dependents of slavery, for you will receive reparations and restorative justice. My 21st century beatitudes, most of them aren't true. Most are far-fetched. All would take an act of God to change laws, to change hearts, and most certainly change priorities. And that is exactly how strange it would have been to the hearers of the real Beatitudes. Jesus speaks directly to those who suffer and makes these promises. And it leaves us wondering, what on earth is going on? Jesus is painting a picture of God's kingdom. It is a kingdom, a beloved community, that is radically different from the current world. It turns the world upside down, and Jesus interprets and promulgates a vision of a world aligned with God's concerns. And it is very different from our world. The vision that Jesus shares of God's beloved community is very different than the qualities that are revered in our world. If we were to write the Beatitudes for our current state, they would be something like, Blessed are the rich, for they get richer. And blessed are those who are white, for they will have privilege. And blessed are those who are well-educated, for they will get a good job. And as good, faithful Christians, this is difficult. This is difficult to hear. It is difficult to come to terms because we are doing all the faithful things. We got up and came to church on Sunday morning. 
And we do our best to be kind and to not drive angry. And we share our resources. And we help pass out sandwiches or lunch to the poor, and we volunteer. But what Jesus is calling us to is a vision of God's kingdom that is so unlike the one that we are living in. As Christians, we are happy to help the poor, but ultimately expect them to get a good job so that they don't rely on handouts. And those of you who mourn, I mean, we'll bring you some meals for a while. You're fine for a bit, but ultimately, we're going to ask you to pull yourself up and get yourself together and just get over it. But what Jesus is proclaiming and preaching and calling us to is a vision of God's kingdom. Jesus is calling us to unbind ourselves from the status quo. And Jesus is calling us to change the narrative from the outside in and from the inside out to take these most far-fletched blessings to change laws and to change hearts and to change priorities. Each week, after we partake of the Lord's Supper, we pray the words, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. The Beatitudes stand as a daring act of protest against the current order, calling us to look upon those who are blessed with compassion and enact a vision of the kingdom perspective. And Jesus invites us to join in this radical kingdom, in this radical beloved community of God. As Christians, this passage should challenge us. Hearing this call of God's beloved community should leave us rightfully asking, can we really do this? But that's the wrong question to focus on. All of us sitting here have already answered Jesus' call to discipleship. We've already decided to follow Jesus. The question is not, will you live the life, but how? How? 